You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to Utah Car Sense here on The Zone Sports Network. I'm Jay Catch filling in for Austin Horton today with Jeff Miller. And Jeff, are the Jazz in trouble tonight? I just hope Lillard doesn't grow off to 50. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a funny relationship. Well, let Lillard get yeah. 50 yeah, but and we just win. Lock everything else lock down. Lock everybody else down. Yeah, let him get his 50. Let CJ get his 20. Yeah. And then shut everybody else down. I feel like in this state, because of what D- Damian played at Weaver State, obviously. People love Damian here. He, they've got a love-hate relationship with him. They love watching him succeed, except for when he plays the Jazz, I think. I think that they— I think even—I don't think you ever—he's one of those guys that— Garner's respect. He does. I, mean, he does. I don't think there's many Jazz fans out there that would say they don't like Damian Lillard. But there are many Jazz fans that don't like Portland. Yeah. Like, Portland's not a huge rival for the Jazz. Back in the day a Back little bit. Back in the bit, day, in the Jailblazers and all that stuff. Yeah, in the yeah. current iteration, absolutely. The current, like, no one really has problems with the Blazers. No. There's no hate for them like there is the Nuggets or the Lakers. Correct. Yes. Or the Spurs. The Spurs, absolutely. That even though the Spurs haven't been necessarily good as good this year, they they very much are one of those teams that or Oklahoma City, like Oklahoma City, absolutely is a on lot. That and list. Houston, like those are the teams the Jazz hate. Like yeah. no one in Utah hates no Port- Portland. I think, and the funny thing about I think Jazz fans this is just my perception of it. They almost see them uh, see Portland as a compatriot in terms of just overall prestige mm-hmm. type of team market they're in. Just Portland and Salt Lake almost kind of fit in the same mold in the NBA. So I think that's part of it as well. Yeah, I mean, the, it's going to be an interesting one tonight. I mean, you look at it, Portland's coming off a highly emotional game last mm-hmm. night. Back-to-back, get out after midnight out Correct. of L.A. Yeah. last night, back up to Portland. They're fighting into their beds till 4 or 5 in the morning. By the way, the travel to play, the, yeah. have to play again tonight while the Jazz had a full day rest. Advantage Jazz, Correct. for sure. And you look at the spread, the yeah. spread's six and a half. In so Portland, the the book the bookies are yeah. saying even you look at team rankings or number fire, yeah. it's one sixteen to one oh nine, one fourteen to one oh eight. So they're all saying six points, Jazz. Okay, interesting. Well, it'd be nice to see the Jazz snap this three game losing streak. They haven't had a three game losing streak since early on in December. Uh, it's been a f- it. probably an angry Donovan Mitchell. A little bit. He you might know, a little anger in Donovan Mitchell. He might have had one of his worst outings as a pro the other night. Uh, so I think, yeah, this Jazz team, it should be interesting to see how they do And they play them twice the next week. Correct. That's also They also had Denver coming up on Wednesday night as well. you got some teams you're seeing back-to-back almost, it feels like, here. And it's an opportunity for the Jazz. I, note, note that for, you mentioned in the break what Damian Lillard right now is doing since the new year, what his averages are. So Damian Lillard since the new year. Let me get to his game log. So this is a month. We were a month's worth of games. It's a decent sample size. Yeah, good sample size. So yeah. This is since January one. So you're talking probably five, ten, fifteen games probably. Okay. The last fifteen. Yeah. He's averaging thirty four points, eight and a half assists, five rebounds. Oh my goodness. He is averaging two point nine turnovers, but other than that, 88 percent yeah. from the free throw line, forty five percent from three, and forty nine percent from the field. Oh my goodness. His last five games, he's averaged eight three pointers a game over 50% shooting. And that's every game. Made three pointers. Made. Yeah. Yeah. Sheesh. 11 for 20, 8 for 15, 8 for 12, 6 for 12, 7 for 12. Well, the night. former Wildcat is lighting it up. And it's cool to see, but hopefully, yeah, the Jazz can let him go for 40, 50 tonight and lock everybody else yeah, down. His last five game. games, he's got, well, go back seven games okay. 34, 34, 61, 47, 50. <laughs> 
all on forty-five percent plus shooting. My goodness, he. I love watching David. Pretty play good. Basketball. The only we'll let's go one more basketball okay. story before we get back in the car okay. world. Uh, Kyrie Irving's game last night. Impressive. One of the best games and shooting games in the history of the NBA. Yeah. To say to, to give you the, some perspective so, on this game. Was he nineteen of twenty-three? Right. So Kyrie Irving last night went nineteen for twenty-three from the field, seven for nine from three, nine for ten from the free throw line for fifty-four points. Fifty-four points on twenty-three shots. Okay, so I don't know if you go to basketballreference.com all that often. Okay. I get an email from them every day with kind of just look, they look back at the night that was in sports. They said the play index spotlight for today was Kyrie Irving. And it was the thing that they're going with is the best field goal percentage in a 50-point game in NBA history. I think a lot of people would would not be surprised to hear that Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt the Steel, one of the greats back, way back when, he has the top four shooting percentages in 50-point okay. games. Then it goes Michael Jordan in a game for Chicago. He shot 82.8% in a game in 1988. And then number six on the list, Kyrie Irving for Brooklyn, 82.6%. So it's sixth all-time in NBA history, that performance, in terms of percentage shooting. To make 19 out of 23 shots in an NBA game is insane. Yeah. Uh, former Jasmine, uh, Carl Malone, and Adrian Dantley are also on this list at seven and eight, or eight and nine on the list. Malone had an eighty point eight shooting night, and Adrian Dantley had an eighty percent shooting night. But you're right to hit nineteen of twenty three shots. It's a truly unique performance. So, but congratulations to Kyrie Irving. He's he's one of those guys when he is on, he is so much fun to watch. The issue is. His attitude, he has a little bit of a mercurial relationship with his teammates at times, it feels like, and that can seem to throw his teams off a little bit. Yeah. So uh, it's cool to see guys like that succeeding. The hope is that the Jazz go to Portland tonight. You'll be able to hear that right here on the Zone Sports Network uh, beginning at 7.30 tonight with the pregame show. Jake Scott will have that for you. And then, of course, David Locke and Ron Boone on the call beginning at 8.30 right here on your home for the Utah Jazz. All right, Mark, let's dive back on into the car world. This is, of course, Utah Car Sense here on the Zone Sports Network. Wanted to talk about a story that I saw, and this comes from the Northeast, from Boston. Um, and let me read this for a second. It says, Susan Clark Livingston is still coming to terms with how her parents, former University of Massachusetts Boston Chancellor Sherry Penny and former MIT professor James Livingston died suddenly last May. What happened was the tragedy happened to the couple's condo in Sarasota, Florida. They had left their car, which was equipped with a keyless ignition system, running in the garage by mistake. It didn't stop running until the car ran out of gas, and by then the couple had died of carbon monoxide poisoning the whole house. in their house. And uh, she said that, so this story is it's saying there's no current government agency that tracks how often these types of accidents happen, but a consumer watchdog group has documented 39 deaths and twice as many injuries over the last decade and a half due to keyless ignition issues and leaving your car running in the garage. And I'm reading this, I, like, I can totally see this happening. If you think about it, like because the keyless ignition stuff, people think when you get out of the car, it shuts off the car. But if it's within range, the car will just keep running unless you turn it off, if I'm not mistaken. So there's certain certain brands that have adjusted that. They have? Okay. Yeah. So there's okay. certain brands that are starting to put safety features in it. I, I think within the next couple of years, it's going to be a standard that if you have a keyless. So example, I think Ford's one of them. So okay. Ford's keyless vehicles, they have an auto turnoff feature. Okay. So after 30 minutes of idling, if the key fob is not in the vehicle. It'll shut off. It'll shut off. Okay. That's good. But that doesn't keep people. A lot of people just keep the key in the car. Well, I was going to say, I think a lot of people just leave that right. fob in the car. Yeah. And 
I just it was a really sad story in all honesty because I, I think all of us you think about that scenario if you have a keyless vehicle it makes you think yeah I, I easily could do that myself just you get distracted you get out of your car and with how quiet vehicles on the interior are anymore you get out of it and you don't really hear it I, I don't see it okay. <laughs> your, your engine's still running like you like if you get out of your, like you'd have to be extremely distracted to get out you of would. the car and shut your garage and leave a running car in your garage. Correct. I, I guess that, that that is a good point and there. But the percentage of cars on the road that have it to the number of accidents there's actually been, uh-huh. there's only so much you can do to Correct. prevent people from just. Well, if you, I think the techno- not paying attention, the technology, like you said about Ford, if if that is thirty minutes of sitting there idle and it shuts off, I think that. I should, think that should be a good thing for yeah, anything, right? Yeah, so- solve the issue in that regard, and yeah, so just the, there's apparently a bill that they're trying to pass in Massachusetts now that would require cars sold or leased in that state at least to have auto shutoff technology within a short time frame and a mandated external warning system to let people know, hey, it, it gets to a point where that, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. the state to state stuff will help push it. Correct. But that stuff needs to be national. It needs to be a federal. It, it's like yeah. airbags and seatbelts. Oh yeah, like that, those are the kind of things. Like one big thing that you see in every car now is backup cameras. Correct. Which, I that's by the way, bag. and then no one in the world would ever not want to have a backup camera. I car. love having a backup camera. I live on my backup yeah. camera, right? <laughs> I think everybody does. Yeah, and the next thing you're going to see is front cameras. They're, you're starting to see them. You're, you're starting, starting to see them. We're starting to the, see the 360 technology. Yeah, the Ascent's yeah. got that. I mean, the, like you start seeing that technology on everything. Like the more and more we can, every year cars get safer. These are the things that happen to get safer. Back in the day, it was seatbelts. Correct. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. You wouldn't drive in a car without a seatbelt. A lot of people grew and up without day, it. Yeah. yeah. Most people didn't put a seatbelt. Yeah. They got in a car. And then airbags was next. Correct. And then analog brakes. Mm-hmm. Then intermittent windshield wipers. Yeah. Like all these little stupid features that are on every car in the world now. They started somewhere. They started somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're going to see eyesight type systems where you get okay. automatic cruise control and crash yeah. detection systems. Well, there's That's that, all going to be standard. Doesn't doesn't Subaru have the adaptive cruise control yeah, already? Subaru has them? eyesight, which yeah. is one of the best, best systems on the road. Where yeah. The adaptive cruise control is just a plus to it. Yeah, okay. The, the real part of it is, I mean, you literally, and I've done it, you can drive that car 30 miles an hour into a brick wall and it will stop. It will just. Without it, you touching anything. You can, you can just take your hands off the wheel and it will 30 stop. 30 miles an hour into a brick wall, it will stop. That's awesome. And, that, it, and it does, and it saves crashes. Yeah. It, w- it can think faster than you can. It saves lives. It saves lives. Yeah. Without question, it does. Uh, and stuff like that is just fascinating to me. I think that's the technologies you're going to see so much more mainstream, and all the manufacturers will pick it up, and they'll yeah. all have their own version or whatever it is. And I can't blame them because you're you're right. It's just it, every one of these things we've seen become standardized on a vehicle grew out of something where it, it just started somewhere, and it, they've all become standardized. I'm with you. That, that safety technology where, yes, that car – it thinks better, thinks faster, thinks better than you are. It's like, yeah, yeah, we need to stop here, and it just stops the vehicle. Yeah, and you can't get a top safety pick plus now uh-huh. without some sort of um, system like that. The, like the forward Automatic collision technology? Front crash protection yeah. system. Okay, so that you so have in order to, to have become that. a safety pick plus, uh-huh. right, HS, you have to have an advanced or superior rating of the front crash prevention system. And that's great. I think that's and that's part of being a safety pick plus. I think that's fantastic. I'm, I'm glad that they actually are requiring stuff like that because I've seen that technology and it almost seems next level, like next. Uh, and, but it, the truth of the matter is, it saves lives, and that's cool that you've you've tested it. You thirty miles an hour going at Not, a brick. I didn't do a brick, but we okay. did. A, so we've done at super meetings. They have us do them. We do. We've done them on our lot before with customers. Okay, yeah. You have like an inflatable, or you put a piece of cardboard out with the car where it on looks it. like a wall. It looks yeah. like a wire yeah. running to, and you here go twenty five miles an hour, thirty miles an hour. Put your feet on the ground, hold the steering wheel. And it'll hold on. 
and it just you get there stops on a dime see that that's just that's fascinating technology but it's awesome at the same time because it is it is saving lives it's protecting people and generally where the technology helps more so my car i'm driving right now has it is okay it's generally that situation when you're in the right lane on a road okay and someone slams on the brake to make a right turn. Ah, that's yes. generally where it saves you. Gotcha. Because we're, you're not paying attention as much. You're just driving down the where road. Where they come veering you're across. You're not near a light. You're yep. not near anything. All of a sudden, they slam on their brakes to make a right turn into a driveway yeah. or into a business or something. And the, the car will beep at you. If you don't hit the gas pedal within a millisecond, it, it'll stop. It takes it takes over. It takes over. That's, or that's, freeway traffic, too. It helps a lot, too. Oh, absolutely, because it can sense, hey, traffic's slowing traffic's down slowing here. Traffic's slowing down. Let's, it figures that all out. Let's be a little safer. And the ne- I mean, the next step to all these technologies is going to be interconnected vehicles. Where your cars, okay. the cars on the road are going to talk to each other. All right. So you're going to be able to sense the vehicle around you anonymously. Yeah. But you're going to be able to sense the vehicle around you that if a car is, if you're coming up to an intersection, a car is not slowing down to and running a red light, it'll Correct. stop your car. It'll slow. It'll stop it'll slow you. you down yeah. Because they can see another car coming. It, it, it knows that that car's coming. It's from reading this. the other vehicles on the road. All the cars are sending out a web to each other and talking okay. to each other. How so? Okay. So with that, how long do you think before that becomes almost a standardized thing in in that regard? I think you'll start seeing cars getting that technology uh-huh. until they are actually all talk to each other your decade. Okay. I mean, because because the idea is that it will work if two cars are talking to each other, but all the cars on the road aren't brand new cars. Yeah, you need to you need right. to get all of them that so have that as technology. The, or ten year cycle, and all these uh-huh. cars cycle out, and you have connected cars. More and more cars will start talking to each other. I think that's fascinating, and I think it's it's smart in, as well because you're right. If if these cars they're talking to each other. They're aware of, hey, this car's not slowing down. Let's slow you down so you don't run into each other. I think it's a fantastic thing. Well, it's getting the idea of where it's reading cars as well, right? Yeah. So it's reading if there are cars on the road that can integrate light signals into it. That'd be cool. If you're in the middle of the night yeah. and there's nobody pulling up. And there's that another light, car on the road. The light will just turn green for it know, you. It knows, hey. It let's, knows that you're the only one here. Yeah. Here's right. the safety on it. Just go. I think every one of us have been stuck at a light late at night and been sitting there like, Not okay. only that, it can even prepare for it, right? So yeah. as you're driving down the road, it knows there's no other cars coming. So it switches the light. switching all the lights yeah. for you knowing that it's going to set it up for you. I think it's awesome. I, I, I've, I, and speaking as a guy, like, I, I now do morning sports radio, of course, for the zone. I, I do DJ and PK in the morning, and I'm driving at really early in the morning time and i've been at lights before where i'm like okay come on light change let's speed this up a little bit i think everybody can relate to that frustration of yes you you're you're going the one direction but the light does not want to change from the other direction i think technology like that where yeah it can sense okay that car's coming there's nobody else coming the other way let's switch the light and they can just keep Mm -hmm. going here i think that's and they're starting to work those right now where they're not using connected cars but they're using traffic reporting okay so they're adjusting light signals based off traffic. They they kind of know. So it would know yeah. without having a police officer in the middle of the road during a jazz game to it's turn these lights on going correct. that direction to, to move people out of town. Correct. Based off traffic patterns. And that these are the technologies that we've got. we just got to get implemented. It's all about infrastructure. It is. And I think that the sooner they can implement stuff like that, I would say the better because it's about product. It's about society productivity. It is the more people we can get to the places they want and off the roads, the more productive we are as society. The more and GDP less fr- goes up le- and less frustrated people on the roads as well. Down. Yeah, it's true. It does help in that regard. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of autopilot, by the way, I read this. Uh, so, autopilot and mobile eye driver assist systems were fooled by a projection 
recently. Have you read about this? Uh-uh. So this is kind of fascinating. So uh, researchers, researchers in Israel tricked vehicles into braking and swerving by projecting images that vehicles' advanced driver assist systems interpreted as real, but they were a projection. Okay, so they throw a projection in front of a car and sees that it's that and slows the car down or stops the car. Yeah, so uh, so what it is, so uh, let me find the name here. Ben Nassi from Ben-Gurion University, he recently fooled the Tesla Model X with hardware version 2.5 via a projector six months after bamboozling a Mobileye 630 Pro driver assist system. So while active safety features are getting smarter, clearly they can't be trusted to fully comprehend the ingenuity of humans, according to this report. It says that NASI was able to get both the Tesla Model X with autopilot and the Mobileye system to register projected images. The Mobileye vehicle was tricked into believing the speed limit had changed. In one instance, the new speed limit was flashed only briefly, 125 milliseconds on a digital billboard. That's too quick for a human eye to notice, but just enough for a car. Okay. You notice it. Then the Model X slowed down when a projection of Elon Musk, kind of funny, was placed on the road and adjusted its path when a pair of yellow lane lines were displayed in front of the vehicle. In both instances, Nasi showed that the car perceived it as Nasi showed what the car perceived as it encountered these projected items. So kind of interesting. I there's still the technology's great. There's no doubt about it. I think it's coming along here, mm-hmm. but it's nice to hear that they're working on stuff like this to make sure that, hey, if we're going to go fully autonomous vehicles at some point, and I still have my doubts. It's just, it's just not there. It's not there. They've, they've got, they can't get to the point where the autonomous vehicle can do what a human eye can Correct. do. Correct, yeah. And interpret and think about to the level yeah. of a human without having a heart. Yeah. Right? I mean, the idea is, and there's take the liability issues and all that is that how do you deal with snowstorms how do you deal with random potholes mm-hmm. they can catch some of this stuff but it's they're just it's just not there there's no replacement for the human brain i don't feel like i don't think you're I think ever... you can get pretty good yeah but the problem is is in this society we live in pretty good's not good enough no <laughs> it's, it's not and i have no doubt in my mind that if they released automatic automotive the technology like it is now uh-huh. it would save lives okay yeah right but Here's my butt on okay. that. I mean, without question, if all cars were automated cars instead of cars are right now, it would save lives. Okay. But the first life cost by an automated car, oh, it's we'll gonna... put it back five years. Yeah, because people will. We have, I mean, it's the same. We have people every day killing people on the roads. But it's... but the first one that happens by a computer, correct, is the problem. It's gonna. That's the problem. Society is gonna be like, yeah, we're not about. We're this. not about the computer doing it. Yeah, no, I mean, my neighbor can kill me all day long, but not a computer. Don't let the computer. Yeah, and yeah. that's the problem. I, I agree with you. I think that absolutely is something you gotta you've gotta factor in here. And I see I've I've always thought I've had people talk about we're gonna have fully automated or fully autonomous vehicles at some point. And I sit there and I'm thinking, mm, they can be semi autonomous. I think the semi autonomous like what we've got now, I mean Tesla calls it autopilot. It's not autopilot, but it's no. a good driver assist system Correct. that can yeah. help you on the road and keep you on the freeway and let you. You still have to pay attention if you're if you're commuting or you're on the freeway. For example: I yeah. drive my car with with eyesight every day. Okay, I get on the freeway. Yeah, when I get on a freeway, I dial in to 65, 70 miles an hour, mm-hmm. and then all I have to do is steer. Yeah, you just let the car. The car handle. is going to hold me in the, yeah. in the lane. It's going to keep fantastic. me in my lane left to ride. I got to pay attention, but I love cruise control. I don't have the adaptive cruise control. Yeah. That's why I look forward to having. It one makes day. my life a lot easier, but yeah. I still have to drive the car. Yeah, you're still steering the vehicle. 
Exactly. But the nice part is the, the, the semi-autonomous nature of it, it's controlling the speed. It's adapting yeah, it's to adapting road conditions. adapting to the road conditions, yeah. adapting to the car in front of you. If it gets too rainy and it can't do it right, it tells you that and it turns off. And yeah. Like, that's what the co-pilot stuff needs to be. And you get these cars that maybe can park themselves and things like that. And It's awesome, yeah. We'll yeah. talk about the uh, Kia stuff. With I think I think this last half hour, we, we talked about it a little last week, but now we have all of them out. Yeah. Let's, let's do a commercial. Let's do a talk about Super Bowl commercials. Okay, let's do that. I got I got a good spot that shows all the all the manufacturers this year that are doing an ad this year. We'll we'll talk about Super Bowl commercials too in the second cool. half. But let's, let's do that because one of those Super Bowl commercials is about that smart parking. Oh, it is okay. It's a lot about smart parking. That's uh, and these technologies are cool. They are, but they need to be used how they're supposed to be used, not to drive for you. And yeah, exactly. If you've never, um, I don't know how many. Uh, there's a lot of people out there. I don't think they've ever been in a car where it does the parallel parking for you. Mm-hmm. It is a really weird feeling the first time you let it do it, but it's still really cool That's at the same time. Totally. Yeah. But it's cool because it does it. It, mm-hmm. it knows what it's doing, and you, you don't have to worry about it. You just hit the button and let it do its thing. And that's the idea of this one is the the smart park. You can pull it outside a parking space. Yeah. It has, it's too tight for you. You wouldn't be able to open your doors. Uh-huh. Get out of the car, close the car back up, and it'll park the car in there. Okay, we do need to talk yeah, so about we'll that. We'll talk about that one. All right. We'll involve it with the Super Bowl commercial that's going to be <laughs> Fantastic. pitching it. All right, so this is Utah Car Sense here on the Zone Sports Network. Final half hour. If you've got some phone calls, feel free to call in. 855-340-9663. That's 855-340-ZONE. Feel free to weigh in on Twitter as well. Love to get your guys' thoughts on whatever you got on your mind with regards to cars on today's show. All participants will be entered in to win free movie passes from Mark Miller Subaru. This is the Utah Car Sense right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to Utah Car Sense here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Jay Catch filling in for Austin Horton today with Jeff Miller from Mark Miller Subaru, Midtown and Southtown. And Mark, before the break, you teased we were going to talk about Super Bowl com- commercials here. Uh, you and I watched a number of them in the break here. But you, you talked about the one, the, the smart parking technology. Smart park. This, so is, this is cool. So this is a, this is an ad that came out this year. We kind of talked about it a little last week, but... It is an ad for, let me get the exact thing. It's the Honda Sonata. Okay. Honda Sonata is for yeah. it. So the, it's known for being big time celebrities to its commercials. So this new one, it's Smart Park. John Krasinski, Chris Evans, Rachel Dratch, they're all Boston people, right? Yeah. So the idea is that they're sitting there discussing the high tech parking feature on the Sonata called mm-hmm. Smart Park and just act like a bunch of Boston people. <laughs> The stereotype, yeah, of stereotype Northeast, Boston. yeah, yeah. So that's going to be a really funny ad. It comes out. Big poppies in it. Yep. So that's one of them that's out there. But there, it's crazy the number of auto manufacturers that are in the Super Bowl this year. It's got to be close to a record. Yeah. Audi's got a got a really good ad. They've already been showing. Correct. But it's for their new e-tron for the new electric car, the yes. Sportback, with Maisie Williams. Yep. So she's uh, I Arya from Arya Game Stark, of Thrones. Yeah. Yep. Arya Stark from. Game of Thrones, so she's doing an Elsa impression. She sings "Let It Go," going through all the gas guzzling cars, and I have a th- leading to a sustainable future. I have a three and a one and a half year old who are both big fans of Frozen, the movie, the Disney franchise. And when I was watching this spot last night, I, I had my volume up, and they're like, "Whoa, what Frozen! are we doing? <laughs> Whoa!" <laughs> I'm sure they're going to be. 
Millions and millions of children oh, yes. across the United States today hearing that yeah. ad getting excited. No, it was a cool commercial. We're talking about the sustainable future, et cetera. Uh, obviously, uh, F9, the Fast Saga, Fast and the Furious 9. I don't know if you saw that trailer earlier yeah. this week. A lot of people uh, late in that trailer, if you haven't seen it so far, spoiler alert, Han, uh, the Korean driver that thought ever thought he was dead, all of a sudden walks into the room. Is it going to be faster and more furious? Who knows? It looks <laughs> the furiousness that and the fastness of those movies are just getting bigger yes. and bigger. Well, they're let's see, we're but but are they they were with a sub submarine in the oh last one. Some get more and more ridiculous. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, and this trailer promises even more ridiculous stuff in it. Oh, so yeah. we'll see what happens with that. Um, one that I really enjoyed. I was watching. I already mentioned earlier on in the show today. Jeep's been teasing a Groundhog Day themed one because it is Groundhog Day and Super Bowl Sunday and. One. They've done a good job with how they've teased it. Correct. Like I like the I like how they te- the ones that tease. I like the ones that have a few ads like the yeah. month before that are like, oh, it's coming. Like State Farm's doing one right now. Get you Jeep's geared up a little like, bit. Yeah. Get excited about because it. then it creates the hype that you're like you're looking for that ad. But the yeah. key is. The ad's got to hit it. Yeah. Like you so, hype it, the ad's got to be awesome, too. They've got Ned Ryerson, Steve, uh, Stephen yeah. Tobolowski, who was yeah. Ned Ryerson, the ever uber happy gentleman. In the Insurance movie. agent, yeah. Yeah, he he's <laughs> in one of the teaser ads. The other one is The Clock, uh, uh-huh. so the person in bed. So it says that the the, the thought is that Bill Murray will be in the no, film. He will be. He was, there, he was spotted at the oh, filming. Oh, he was. Okay, he was. He was okay. spotted at the filming. So okay. I think Bill Murray will be in the real world, which and, is- one other one I liked because I think this line of cars just got so much history is Porsche. Uh, mm-hmm. They have one that's coming out. They're calling it the Heist is what they're yep, calling the it. The new Taycan, right? Correct. The Taycan uh, battery electric sedan. Uh, they're going into the electric game. We've had a big theme today with a lot of electric vehicle news. Uh, but they essentially turns into a, I don't know what movie you wanted. It has a big old car chase. Is what the, the the whole movie is, and it features some of the greatest cars in Porsche history. Yeah, they basically like went to their Porsche museum and yeah. got them all well, out. Well, that's the, the idea. Is it, it, they uh, the the Taycan was stolen from the Porsche museum in Stuttgart, Germany, and then all of the people trying to get it back are driving just these classic classic Porsche models. And there's even a point in the commercial where this young guy, he's apparently like the bottom of the totem pole. They toss him a key. He looks over, and it's a Porsche tractor. From way back when, it's like that's your car. You get to drive, young man. So, I think that one's going to be pretty cool, just to see. Because if you think back in the history of Porsche vehicles, you can think back to some of the greatest models they've had. Mm-hmm. They're featuring them in this spot. It's going to be cool. The interesting thing is, I wonder how much of a spot they paid for. Yeah. Because the prep ad, the pre ad that they posted was a two and a half minute spot. Correct. There's no way they bought two and a half minutes of Super Bowl. Considering time. six yes. million in every thirty seconds. I was going to say, I was like, what are you you you're going to pay upwards of fifty million? Yeah. To... That, so that's pretty crazy. But I mean, that's going to be a really good ad. I'm excited for that one. Yeah. And anybody who grew up liking Porsche, or if you're even just a car guy in general, you know about the history of what Porsche models. They've been revolutionary in the car game for a long, long time. Exactly. Uh, Genesis is the next one. So Hyundai's fledgling luxury brand that they were trying to bring back. So they're spending some money this year, not only on the ad, but big-time promoters with Chrissy Teigen and John Legend coming as the idea of new luxury, while old luxuries for the birds. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's going to involve oysters and things. But this is the one that got modified because it uh, apparently had uh, a helicopter, helicopter yeah. in it. So they pulled the helicopter scene out of it, to, especially with those guys, John Legend and Chris Teagan being big Laker fans Correct. and things like that. I'm sure they've requested it. Yeah, well, they, they want to be sensitive to the whole situation revolving around Kobe Bryant, obviously. It does make me wonder because when you – late, so because late, these ads, they've worked on these ads for 
a long time. Six months minimum. To to go in and change it to this late hour, it does make you wonder if it's going to almost uh, mess up the flow so of that the ad. ad. Yeah. And Not to mention they've focus tested. Yes. I mean, the amount of work that goes into these ads isn't small. No, you, you don't just come up with an ad and just go out and do but, it. I mean, some of the most iconic ads of all time, are all, they're always Super Bowl ads. Yeah. Like, Oh my gosh! Without question, they're almost always. I still, my, I told, said it last week. I'll say yeah. it out that okay. the monkey E trade ad is my, still my favorite Super Bowl <laughs> ad of all time. Just the simplicity of yeah. it. Just a, and the, the YouTube age this these days. This is almost before YouTube Correct. age yes. too. That's the cool thing about the monkey ad. That was before YouTube age when yep. you could go find a, a video of a monkey dancing in front of a yeah. couple old guys. Exactly. But, but then to have that ad, and that ad basically just basically said, "We just well, we just wasted two million dollars." <laughs> What are you doing with your money? Yeah. Is the idea of it? Yeah. What Great you... ad. Great yeah. spot. So the Hummer, you got the Hummer ad, the Jeep we've gone through. Kia is going to have an interesting one. Correct. So this is an I'm interesting gonna... ad that's going to come up yeah. to Kia. And it's going to be, I think this is going to be a full 60-second spot. It's what it looks that like. you're going to see least. out there. And they're highlighting Oakland Raider running back Josh Jacobs. Correct. In a new commercial title, Tough Never Quit. So Jacobs, who had a huge season this year, 1,150 yards, seven touchdowns, one of the most exciting new backs in the year. But the reason they picked him is he was actually homeless and uh, slept in a car with his dad for much of his early life. Correct. So the idea is it's showing him encouraging, inspiring a younger version of himself while driving the new Seltos crossover. I think it's going to be a pretty powerful ad. Yeah, and stuff like, like that resonates with people, obviously, because – when stories like that come out, and you, the whole rags to riches story, it's one of those stories that everybody can root yeah. for. So I think that's going to be a good one. I think it's going to touch a few heartstrings. So we, t- we talked about this next one last yeah. week on the thing just because it's an interesting idea if it works. Yeah. It's the Volvo spot. Okay. So what Volvo's decided to do this year, and I don't know what they're going to do from a ad spot, if they're going to do multiple spots throughout the game, 10-second teasers. I don't yeah. know what their plan for it is. But the idea is it's called win big with safety. Mm-hmm. And it's you build a Volvo, score with a safety, win a car. So the idea is that if you go on before the game and configure your ideal Volvo and and sign in, mm-hmm. you will they will if so essentially so you configure your idea, you enter the contest. If Correct. either team scores a safety during the game, Volvo gives away a million dollars worth of cars. So they'll pick randomly a million dollars worth of the random configured cars. Of those cars. people who have... So their logic behind it is we're going to get a bunch of people to configure cars online, get those lead store Correct. dealers, and sell some cars. Yeah. My experience with that in the past on anything that manufacturers have done to try and do that for us to build leads, uh-huh. it's people that don't really want to buy a car. Really? So the leads we get is – and the problem with it is it's not that you're not getting some people that truly will buy a Volvo someday. Okay. And you might see some success from it. I don't mm-hmm. know if the value's there. The problem is, is you create so many leads for your dealer because all these leads are going to go to the dealer. Correct, so yeah. each dealer is going to get hundreds and hundreds yeah. of leads and maybe have one or two good ones in there. Okay. And all you do is you just discourage your sales staff by loading them up with really crappy leads. They're making phone calls. Yeah, we've tried to do it people. where we get contact information from doing a raffle at an event. Yeah. We do stuff like that all the time. You get it and then you give them to your salespeople to contact them and like, oh, I just won the raffle. Yeah. All right, great. I just want the raffle. And then they end up basically just calling and say, you just called for the raffle? And like, they're not even asking to see if they want to look at a car. They're yeah. just all about the raffle. Yeah. And so, like, we've tried to encourage when our guys go out and do events, uh-huh. they only give a, get a lead if the customer says, I want to be contacted to, about a new car. Oh, they actually they'll they, ask, they the, ask, they'll that ask question. the customer, okay. like, do you want to be contacted? Yeah. If say they say no, we're not even going to call you. Because it, it, it's, it's maybe we'll put you on an email list where you'll get some 
emails about future and maybe down the road product or anything like that. It might yeah. draw some interest, but we're not going to contact you and waste the time of you or a salesperson, correct? Unless you click a box saying, "I really want you to contact." I am interested in, and that's the problem with this is they're going to just kill their stores. And I don't know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. I, I'm not a big fan of it. If I was a dealer on the dealer council, and I was actually on Subaru's national dealer council for marketing, I, yeah. I ran their committee. Oh, so okay, so you've so you've, I've actually been, you've in, the been room. in these rooms. I've been in the room for okay. this stuff. All right, I would have told them no. You would have said we're not doing. I this. said this is a bad idea. Okay, so they're going to give away a million dollars worth of vehicles if there's a safety. Yeah, but how many vehicles is that in reality? What thirty? Thirty of them? Yeah, like so. Thirty just, cars. Yeah. And that's it's a drop in the bucket in all reality for them if they, that were to come to fruition. So, like, I, I mean, it's grand scheme. I mean, I get it. Like, I mean, I think a thousand. I mean, I think you, it needed to be bigger. Yeah. But the problem is, I mean, a million dollars sounds like a lot, but it's but it's not. They spent six million for the ad. I was just say, I was like, you well, spent six million dollars for the for the not even to make the ad. Yeah. So six million dollars for the airtime on TV for the ad. And you're going to give away a million dollars for cars plus production cost to get that yeah, ad to away, market. I mean, if you're going to do something like that. You gotta add a budget to it. No, yeah, that's my issue. All right, last one. Okay, I got there. Toyota is yeah. in is in the spot. They've announced that they have modified their spot. Yes. But one thing about Toyota, unlike any of these others, there's been no teasers, nope. no prep, nothing. You just know it's going to be a Highlander ad. Yeah. There's going to be a 60 second ad too. And they've it, announced it's going to be a 60 second ad for the new revamped Highlander. They've shown no video before. They've only announced that they did have to make some minor changes because of the Kobe Bryant. Correct. So, and that's the funny thing to me is most of the time, I feel like when ads, they don't get uh, teased or whatever, they seem to be 30-second spots. This one's a 60. So I, I do wonder, yeah, ultimately what Toyota is going to do with it. Uh, I have a family member who drives a Highlander, loves their Highlander, but I do wonder, 60 seconds, and you haven't teased anything outside of telling people it's for a, their new, the new revamped version of the Highlander, it does make me wonder, okay, what do you guys got up your sleeve here? I and mean, it will be intriguing to see what they do. Toyota's had some iconic they Super Bowl have. ads. Correct. I mean, I think one of their their most famous one is the Chase, yes. where they had when the Prius say, when the Prius five first came out. I was gonna say the Chase. And they yeah. did the bank robbery in a Prius. Yeah. And it just kept outrunning everybody. It was a great ad. <laughs> because it, it did it throughout the because they yeah. did it throughout the Super Bowl. It's a Prius. Come on. Yeah, like, but but yeah. they didn't do it in one it, ad. But they rolled through yeah, multiple ads. It was ads. like, oh, the Chase is still going. Yeah, it's still like going in the third here. quarter, we're still going on the Chase. it kept going for months afterwards and it yeah, it was good. But you're right. It, it, stuff like that is what kind of connects with people because it just a lot of people you wouldn't think okay, we're going to go out and steal we're going to rob a bank with a Prius and you but you can tease stuff like that. It will be interesting to see what Toyota does because they've teased nothing. And the goal of this Super Bowl commercial love hate thing is to be that conversation correct at the water cooler at work the next morning where you're talking hey did you see that Toyota ad? That was awesome. Did you see this ad from yeah, whatever. And, yeah. and the idea of these commercials is to create awareness. Correct. They're not trying to sell a car. They're not trying to get an immediate thing. They're yeah. trying to create – Genesis is trying to create awareness of their brand. Mm-hmm. Audi's trying to create awareness that they have an electric e-tron sport yes. back out there. Yeah. The uh, the Sonata commercial. They're yeah. trying to show this new technology off it. We have this new technology. This parking, We're technologically yeah. advanced. Yeah. Come look at a Honda. Yeah. Like, that's what the idea of these ads are. Correct. And some of them do it really well, and some of them waste $6 million. And then, yeah, one other one I wanted to mention here is uh, so WeatherTech. Obviously, WeatherTech doesn't make vehicles, but they do a bunch of the uh, floor mm-hmm. mat, cool. all the different things. Well, guess what? WeatherTech is not even showing any cars in their spot that they're doing Super Bowl Sunday. 
Uh, the company's 30-second spot is a beautiful thank you to the University of Wisconsin-Madison's Veterinary School, which helped WeatherTech CEO David McNeil's dog, Scout, beat cancer. Saved his dog. That's cool. Isn't that he, cool? That he, he paid. donated an ad to yeah. um And it's funny, because they, they asked the story. They asked the guy about it. They said, why not just donate the $6 million Correct. to the medical school? Yeah. And he said, the awareness I can build for animal cancer and the donations I can get for them through this ad will, will be much more. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what their donation count because I, I guarantee you we will hear that in the next month, what they what they actually were able to pull out of it. Yeah. But good for the weather tech guy. Yeah, UW-Madison's probably going to see some more money coming They're in. They're going to see tens of millions of dollars, yeah. without question. So it is cool, yeah, that he paid the $6 million price tag to get mm-hmm. this spot. But you're, I think he's got the right thinking here is, yeah, it's going to tug at people's heartstrings because it is a dog, et cetera. And they're going to benefit more from this spot versus me just giving them the money straight up. I mean, I mean it's an interesting comparison, but I would compare it, I'd compare it to the, locally mm-hmm. to the Jazz. Yeah. Five for the fight. Correct. I was going to so say. The guy from Qualtrics. So yeah. for Ryan Smith Ryan from Qualtrics. Smith, yeah. Had they had it sponsored, it was yes. going to be a Qualtrics logo. Yeah, I mean, the original Qualtrics, game yeah. plan, it was a last minute thing. Oh, yeah, where a month or so before they had to do it, they said, What if we do this for charity? And instead of having Qualtrics on the logo, it says Five for the Fight, and it's become this partnership. And they have raised millions and millions and millions of dollars for cancer in this state. Yeah, that would have never been raised. Yeah, which is I mean, incredible. And hopefully, he encourages other teams around the league to do the same thing next time. And it's it's so NBA teams all have that one patch they have that one sponsorship on their jerseys mm-hmm. there's one team that does not have a company name and it's the That's utah the jazz. jazz it's it, and i i went to the five for the fight you went n- to the, night this it was uh, about a month ago yeah, two correct. months ago at yeah. the science basketball thing i went mm-hmm. for the dinner and oh you did okay for the employee thing and and it's amazing listening to what they've done the yeah. five for the fight i i signed up last year for the five dollars for each win thing yeah. that, they, that they had and yeah it's, so i every month i got a little hit out of my credit card for however many wins they yeah. had and it's amazing, and who knows how much the five for the five nights? Did they ever announce how much they raised each of those nights? Not that I am aware, but I can guarantee you this: there, a lot of money is rolling in, and it's been a very, very beneficial relationship. And it's amazing, and for the Miller family, not my Miller family, yeah. but the for Gail and her Correct. family, they've always been about the giving back and the community stuff. And what Gail's done for this community, and what those last week was, I was going to say fifty million dollars. Primary Children's, the new campus down there in Lehigh. Yeah, fifty million dollars that Gail Miller just donated. I think it's the single largest donation from one person in yeah. IHC history, history or some such. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it is cool. You're right, and it is it's nice to see stuff like that. And I, I do commend WeatherTech on you. Yeah, you're, you're paying a bunch of money, but. You're also it was going it's, to a good cause here, and it's so cool. And if more companies could figure out how to do this, and something I mean, I, this is near and dear to my heart. Yeah. this is what we well, do. You, this is what we do. I was going to ask you about six, yeah. seven years ago. Yeah. We moved off this idea. Subaru started bringing with the, in the advertising world. Subaru mm-hmm. started at what they call the Subaru Ad Fund. Okay, now, the Subaru Ad Fund is every other manufacturer. What they do with their to, to get local money into local markets, mm-hmm. they create ad groups. Okay, so they create. Yeah. The to- your Utah Toyota dealers, yes, you hear it all the yes. time. Your Utah Honda dealers, Honda your dealers, Utah Hyundai yeah. dealers. Mm-hmm. What happens is they take a six, seven, eight hundred dollars a car and they put it into a pool. Okay. And the local dealers get together and decide how they're going to spend it as a group. And that's yeah. how they do it. What okay. Subaru did was they said, "No, we're not going to have ad groups. Okay. We're going to take that five hundred dollars a car and give it to individual retailers." Wow. Okay. So we get that money and then we pay out of the pool that that makes. Seventy percent comes out of that pool. We pay thirty. Wow, okay. And so what we looked at it and said, okay, we've got a lot of money now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a lot of money. Yeah. We can't spend this kind of money 
effectively. Yes. We get to the point where you're just overspending. Yeah. You, and so we look you at can only said, put so much into advertising, et cetera. Let's know. get creative. Let's figure out how to take a vast percentage of our car of our ad budget and give it to nonprofits. Wow. So we take twenty to thirty percent of our our advertising budget every year. It goes to nonprofits. And it's sponsoring nonprofit events. It's gotcha. Sponsoring their galas. It's sponsoring the the different things that they do to need money, and we go one on one and sponsor those events. And That's not fantastic. only do we give them money, yeah. which is amazing, but what they've get, gotten so much more out of than the money we give them is the awareness we give them. Correct. Because we've got a huge microphone. Yeah. It's and we're true. doing our shared love events and our do good feel good event and uh-huh. all these events we do and our local stuff that. We're introducing them to so many people that would have never known they existed. Yeah, I, and so that's I mean, and we're doing it every year. We change it. We try and change every year who our partners are. Mm-hmm. And but for companies to start doing that is so important. It, it it is because it connects people to like you said people that they would have never otherwise known or heard yeah. about. And it, it's a it's a big microphone. Yeah. Absolutely caveat doing okay. that genuinely. Good point. That is a that is a, there are a lot of companies that do it and say, oh, we're going to donate this much to charity this month, and it's not in their corporate ethos. It's not who they are. Yeah, and it comes off flat. Well, that's what I like about like Mark Miller. Yeah. You guys, it's it, you guys are all in with this. And it's what we do. And it's and the WeatherTech guy. This is all in. So it's a it's dear and dear to his heart. They mm-hmm. saved his dog, and you can think that's crazy and whatever like that. that he's going to give six million dollars for saving his dog, but anybody who's a dog person, dog person, it's it. his. It's, yeah. they and what they're going to be able to do for many other dogs in the world, it, it's incredible. Yeah. Hats off to the, the WeatherTech guy. Sh- sh- send me your business. We'll give him an extra shout-out here, WeatherTech. Yeah. We've sold their floor mats and stuff. They're awesome products. I was gonna say, he also I, does I, awesome products as well. Yeah. I, I just thought it was really cool for him to take that. Like He could have done anything with it. They could have done another WeatherTech spot and talked about all of their technology. They've gone into what they do with their market. Yeah, and I'm actually going to be in a – there's a National Audible Dealers concert, Conference in about – I'll, I'll miss the show in a couple of weeks. I okay. Think. Maybe it's the next week. Maybe it's next weekend. But um, and the weather tech always has a booth there, and hopefully, I, I'm hoping to see you there because I'd love to go over and shake his hand. That yeah, I, I would, it's a, that's a really cool thing. Yeah, to take that time. All right, we got a couple minutes left here. I wanted to get to one other story here. Uh, let me pull it up here, and uh, it's. Uh, so we all have heard the stories about uh, Nissan. They've been in the headlines recently, obviously, with their CEO. Uh, is it Carlos? Is it Gosen? Hiding himself in uh, trunks to get himself out of countries. Yeah, getting from Japan. <laughs> it's not to, a good look. To, yeah. Well, so uh, obviously there's been trouble brewing with Nissan, but it sounds like, so I was reading this in Car and Driver yesterday, the hammer might actually be set to fall for for Nissan. They could have some budget cuts coming and layoffs. Could They've be already coming. announced layoffs. They already have. They have announced yeah, for them. Okay. local field staff, and it's it's not good. Yeah. And so Nissan, obviously, so uh, let's see, the cost cutting could cost 4,300 white collar jobs, mostly at Nissan's U.S. and European headquarters, and could shut down as many as two manufacturing sites. Uh, some Nissan models, product options, and trims in each model line are likely to go away as well as they kind of cut costs here. The yeah, first half of 2019 fiscal year, Nissan profit was down 73%. Sheesh. Oh, wow. So. Kind of crazy to hear this because Nissan's been one of those automakers that just seemed almost impervious, I felt like, to how market trends were going. But 
it shows what can happen. You, you get into a bad rut, and it can really devolve quickly, it feels like. And that, that CEO, I mean, they just has bad news after bad news with yeah. that CEO, which hasn't helped. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, uh, Carlos Gosen, I think is how you pronounce his last mm-hmm. name, arrested in November 2018 and then again in April 2019 for alleged financial misconduct, of course, in Japan. And then just in late 2019, he escaped house arrest in Japan and secretly flew to Lebanon. And if you read the stories, he put himself like in a – packing like a, a moving truck container to get himself out of the country yeah i mean it, it's just been all bad news for them i mean they were down 10 percent last year mm-hmm. in a flat market that's not good yeah i mean if you look at the, i mean you looked at the 2019 i mean gm was basically i mean down two percent that's basically flat yeah. ford was off three percent it's basically flat toyota and lexus was down two percent it's basically yeah. flat fiat chrysler was down one percent basically flat honda up 0.2 basically flat then you get to Nissan, the number six manufacturer, down 10%. It's a big jump. That is 140,000 cars. Sheesh. And so rough waters ahead appears for Nissan. And, it, and really the only thing they've got that's been showing much promise uh-huh. is that the Rogue. And, and even the Rogue took a 15% hit last year. And that's been their most popular vehicle. It's been one of the more popular vehicles on the market. Okay. I mean, Subaru's catching them. That's the scary thing. I mean, Subaru's catching them. I don't think we have the capacity to do it, but I mean, Subaru's track hoping for seven hundred twenty-five thousand next year. Nissan okay. did one point three million. Okay, so there's, so still, there's still a sizable away, gap. But that's but the gap between six and seven. Yeah, but Subaru that, passed Hyundai this year for the. Hey, congratulations! So in front of Hyundai for the second year in a row, actually. That's awesome. Yeah, but part of it's because they split off Genesis. Oh, but, okay. I mean, yeah, but I, it's close. I mean, they're only ten thousand behind both of them, so. Still though, I just I, I was reading that I'm like okay because you're right if you see yeah two one three percent for most of these car makers and then all of a sudden ten percent off it's like oh wow okay so that's a it's a massive massive hit so looks like some rough rough waters ahead for Nissan here we'll see what happens with that all right Jeff um any parting thoughts from you as we wrap up today's edition of Utah Utah Carson's any final thoughts from you. No, I mean, it's been the first month of the year was interesting. It's going to be interesting. Next week, we'll be able to see the numbers come out for January. Is that I, when you guys finally find out kind yeah, of the, the, the interesting? So there's going to be two issues to it. Uh-huh. One is you're not going to hear a lot because okay. a lot of the manufacturers, I think BMW and Mercedes announced this year that they're not going to give monthly data. Oh, really? And GM has already said that, Chrysler. So a lot of these companies, you're not going to see the monthly reports. Are they going annual? What are they quarterly. going to do? Oh, quarterly, okay. So they're moving to this idea of quarterly, so there's no pressure for that every month. So I don't think we'll be able to have a real good feel for where the car market is until April. Oh, okay. All right. It's going to be an interesting thing. Subaru's still going to report. I wouldn't be surprised if Subaru shows a down month Okay. for this next month. Probably 5 6% down is my guess, but we'll see. That is interesting that they're all going to a quarterly. I think, you're, I think the market as a whole is off. If I'm talking to retailers around, talking to other dealers around the automall and like that, it's business down. is off. It's, interesting. It's slowing. And you're, okay. seeing that, you're seeing it with the economy. You're seeing it with everything. I was going to say. GDP was down to 2.3%. The economy's starting to slow. And so you got to be a little careful with that. And it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. But And coronavirus isn't going to help. Well, I was going to say, the whole not gonna help situation the in global China. global auto market. Because yeah. you can say... I'll get out of the politics part about how it helps and hurts different countries, but it hurts us all. Yeah, it does. It hurts the global economy. Correct. Because guess what? How many of the parts that we put in a Subaru <laughs> are say. made in China? I was going to say. A lot. The manufacturing side of things yeah. is absolutely. Thousands and thousands of parts that go into every car. They're made by hundreds and hundreds of different manufacturers. 
quite a few of those are in China. It's yeah. going to hurt everybody. No one wants this to happen. It's really, really going to hurt everybody. It's Wait, crazy. was was someone rooting for coronavirus? I don't know if they're there rooting. There was <laughs> the uh, Treasury Secretary Wilbur Ross came out yes a couple of days ago and basically said that this is going to be this could be a boom for the U.S. economy because of like, because of, of companies because of companies having to leave China and come to the U.S. What kind it's, of a monster roots for a virus? No, pretty disgusting. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, that, that is kind of a fascinating th- thing to me, though, Jeff, is to see how it affects now reporting it quarterly, if it, it, getting a, kind of a read on things. That will be interesting. That's going to be very interesting. All right, that'll do it for Utah Car Sense this week. Thanks to all of you who have tuned in. It's been a blast. Jeff, yeah. thanks for coming in. Thank you, Jake. Thanks for, thanks for coming in for the first time. Blast. I it enjoyed great. it. it I enjoyed it. Fun flew, couple hours. It flew right by, and we'll be back next with Utah Car Sense. Coming up next, the Utah Jazz Fan Show right here on the Zone Sports Network.